Thank you for tuning in to the Voice Epilepsy Podcast, which has been brought to you by the BC Epilepsy Society and the international I Am A Voice For Epilepsy Awareness Campaign. The Voice Epilepsy Podcast introduces a variety of topics related to epilepsy, including medications, treatment, law, employment, surgery, mental health, stress, and stigma, among many others. Whether you are a person living with epilepsy or you have a personal or professional interest in epilepsy, the Voice Epilepsy Podcast is the podcast for you. Hi, everyone. I'm Sonia Ali, and I work for the BC Epilepsy Society as a Provincial Manager of Programs and Services. I'm joined on today's episode of the Voice Epilepsy Podcast by Christine Jamison, who is a fellow BC Epilepsy Society employee. I'll let Christine introduce herself. Thank you, Sonia. Hi, everyone. I'm Christine. And like Sonia said, I work for the BC Epilepsy Society as an impact speaker, where I help to run some of our groups and deliver workshops on epilepsy awareness and seizure first aid. You may know me as Miss British Columbia 2018 or as Miss Canada 2019, but I'm also a person living with epilepsy. I'm so excited to have Christine here with me today to discuss driving and epilepsy. I'm so excited to be here too, Sonia. Driving is often one of the main concerns of people living with epilepsy, as some people living with epilepsy may not be able to drive. In fact, the Epilepsy Foundation of America found that 56% of patients living with epilepsy ranked not being able to drive as their most disruptive concern of their epilepsy. If a person living with epilepsy experiences seizure control, they may be able to obtain their driver's license. However, if they do not experience seizure control, they are not able to receive driving privileges. Obtaining your driver's license if you live with epilepsy depends on many factors, including but not limited to your seizure type, your seizure frequency, level of seizure control, and what type of driver's license you will be getting, among other things. Thanks for the information, Christine. As a person living with epilepsy, would you be able to share some of your experiences around driving with our audience? Yeah, of course. So I've had uh, points in my life where I have been able to drive, and I've also had points where I've had my uh, license suspended due to my epilepsy. So I've definitely been on both sides of this. Um, and what I can say, it's definitely, it is for sure an emotional roller coaster. Um, having your license and then losing it and then having it and then losing it just because of the different levels of seizure control that you have at that time. I think the most um, important thing to remember um, as we're talking about driving is that while driving is this sort of sense of adulthood and independence, um, there's also so many other things that can really play into that. And to not feel that if you can't drive at that time, that it makes you lesser of an adult or of a person. Thanks for sharing that with us, Christine. I'm sure that your experiences will be helpful for many of our listeners. And if anyone has any questions for Christine, you can email her at impactspeaker at bcepilepsy.com. And we'll also link her email address in the episode description of this podcast. No problem. I'm always so happy to share my experiences. 
Christine and I are now going to share some additional information on driving and epilepsy. Please keep in mind that we're, what we're going over right now are the laws in BC, the Canadian province where Christine and I live. If you live in another part of Canada, in the United States, or in another part of the world, please note that the driving laws may differ depending on your specific province, state, or country. Also, for the purposes of today's podcast, Sonia and I will be talking about either private drivers who have class five to eight licenses or commercial drivers who have class one to four licenses. These are the classes of driver's licenses in British Columbia, so this may be different depending on your specific province, state, country. Christine and I will now go over the laws around driving and epilepsy in British Columbia. So to start off, if you live with epilepsy, you must be seizure-free for at least six months on medication before you can get your class five to eight license. To get your class one and four license, you must be seizure-free on or off medication before at least five years with the support of your neurologist before you can get your license. Regarding epilepsy and seizures, it's important to note that having one seizure does not necessarily mean that someone has epilepsy. In fact, one in 10 people will experience a seizure at some point during their life, and it could have nothing to do with epilepsy. If you have a single unprovoked seizure with no diagnosis of epilepsy, you need to get a neurological consultation done, including an EEG and brain imaging. If you have a class five to eight license, your license will be suspended for a minimum of three months until you get a diagnosis or until a cause for the seizure is determined. If you have a class one to four license, your license will be suspended for a minimum of 12 months until you get a diagnosis or until a cause for the seizures is determined. Some people living with epilepsy may receive brain surgery to control their seizures. If you have had brain surgery and you have a class five to eight license, you must be at least six months seizure free after your surgery before you get your license. If you have a class one to four license, you must be seizure free for at least five years on or off medication with the support of your neurologist. People living with epilepsy can experience seizures at different times throughout the day. People living with epilepsy who experience seizures only in their sleep or only immediately after they wake up may be able to drive. If this is the case for you and your epilepsy and seizures, you can get your class five to eight license, provided that your seizures occur only in your sleep or immediately after you wake up for at least five years. If you have a class one to four license, you must be seizure free for at least five years on or off medication with the support of your neurologist before you can get your license. Some people living with epilepsy may have their medication changed or withdrawn by their neurologist. If you're doing a medically supervised change or withdrawal from your epilepsy medication and you have a class five to eight license, you must not drive for a period of three months from the time the medication has been changed or withdrawn. However, if your seizures recur after a medically supervised change or withdrawal from your epilepsy medication and you have your class five to eight license, you cannot drive until you start your medication again, provided that your neurologist feels that your medication was adequate and if you've had previously been seizure-free for at least one year prior. If you have a class one to four license, you must be seizure-free on or off medication for five years with the support of your neurologist before getting your license. 
some people living with epilepsy may experience focal aware seizures, which may also be known as auras and used to be referred to as simple partial seizures. People who only experience this seizure type may be able to drive. As this type of seizure does not affect consciousness, if you have a class 5 to 8 license, you can drive with the approval of your neurologist, provided that you only experience focal aware seizures that do not impair your consciousness, and if your seizures have been unchanged for more than 12 months. If you have a class 1 to 4 license, you must be seizure-free for at least 5 years on or off medication with the support of your neurologist before you can get your license. Lastly, with seizures that are induced by alcohol withdrawal, if you have either a class five to eight license or a class one to four license, you can drive if you are alcohol and seizure free for at least six months and have completed a recognized rehabilitation program for substance dependence with a statement received from the director of alcohol and drug center being involved. If you have controlled seizures and have obtained driving privileges, it's important to take your medications as prescribed and avoid fatigue or alcohol around periods of driving. If you've experienced a breakthrough or unaccustomed seizure or loss of awareness, stop driving immediately and contact your neurologist. It should be noted that insurance rates in British Columbia are not affected by a person having epilepsy or any other medical condition. In British Columbia, insurance rates are determined by your location, claims history, the class of driver's license, and any optional coverages that you purchase. Thanks for that information, Christine. Now that we finished going over the guidelines for people living with epilepsy to get their driver's license, it's important to note that some people living with epilepsy may not be able to control their seizures and thus would not be able to receive driving privileges. If this is the case for you and your epilepsy, here are some of our tips. You should learn the schedules, rates, and routes of the public transit services in your area. In British Columbia, you can look into TransLink or Transit BC. You can also inquire about having accessible transit services for people with disabilities in your community. In British Columbia, HandyDart may be an option for you. If public transit is not accessible for you, or if you don't feel comfortable using public transit, you can look into using taxi or cab services, ride-sharing options such as Uber or Lyft, or carpooling opportunities to get to work, school, or other locations. You can also look into volunteer driver services for seniors. These may be able to assist you with essential transportation, such as getting to medical appointments. You can also consider using a home delivery service for groceries and prescriptions, and you can purchase items for delivery either through online or telephone means as much as possible. If you're able to and feel comfortable doing so, biking is also a great way to get around. Be sure to use designated bike routes or lanes or streets with minimal traffic. And of course, always wear a helmet. When booking rail, ferry, or long-distance bus trips such as Greyhound, ask whether there is a discounted rate for people with disabilities such as epilepsy. Lastly, you can always ask family members, friends, or neighbors for assistance. They may, may be able to give you a ride to places that you need to get to. If you live with epilepsy and would like to get your driver's license, we suggest talking about this with your doctor or neurologist. Keep in mind that people living with epilepsy, their doctors, and regulatory bodies like ICBC all share the responsibility of protecting the public while still providing reasonable opportunities for people living with epilepsy to drive a car as long as it's safe to do so.
We hope that you found today's episode on epilepsy and driving to be helpful and informative. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of the Voice Epilepsy Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another Voice Epilepsy Podcast episode. Don't forget to follow us on all of our BC Epilepsy Society and I Am a Voice for Epilepsy Awareness social media platform. In closing, remember, you matter and we are here for you. We hope you'll make Thursdays our epilepsy date night and tune in to the Voice Epilepsy Podcast on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts.